0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is my co-host, Josh Fisher.
1: Hey everybody, how you doing?
0: I legit almost gave you my last name, that's why there was a small pause. Oh.
1: <laughs> my, well you know, I'll, I'll be whoever you want me to be.
0: Well my little brother's also named Josh, so that's why my brain did that.
1: <laughs> that's th- totally understandable.
0: When I talk to my parents about you, I have to be like, my, my co-host, <laughs> not my brother. Yeah. Um, guys, if you're new to the podcast, what we do here is we watch shows in their entirety on a internet streaming service, all la Netflix, Hulu, Plus, um, YouTube Red, Amazon Prime, what have you, and uh, we give our thoughts and impressions on that show. Uh, we do talk about spoilers, and usually some shows have heavy themes, so keep that in mind. Um, today Today's episode, I'm sorry, today's episode is going to be about Jessica Jones Season 2, and Voltron Legendary Defender season 5. Um so with that out of the way, we're going to begin on Voltron Legendary Defender season 5. Uh Josh, if you oh. could briefly give them a synopsis as to what the show is about and kind of where we are in the show that leads into season all 5. Right.
1: Well, I can certainly do that. And just before I do mention that, we did cover an episode 2 of all queued up. Voltron Le- Legendary Defender uh, seasons one through four. That's true. And you can find the links to those episodes on our website com. But, yeah. <laughs> totally forgot about Shameless the website. Plug. Know, Shameless <laughs> plug!
0: I have notes for just this occasion and I didn't write that note down, so shame oh, on me.
1: It's a... That's, that's a you wear that badge of shame, sir.
0: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah.
1: What's the show about, Josh? Voltron. <laughs> Voltron Legendary Defender. It's an animated web television series. It's produced by American companies DreamWorks Animation and World Events Productions. Uh, who actually brought is responsible for the original series being brought to the United States back in the eighties. And animated by South Korean studio Mir. It's a reboot of both the Beast King Goliath anime and the Voltron franchise, and its animations are a mix of anime-influenced traditional animation for characters and background, and CGI for Voltron action sequences. Legendary Defender is set in a science-fictional universe where planetary energy called Quintessence can be used to power vehicles and magic. The series follows the adventures of the paladins of Voltron who must learn to work together To form the giant robot Voltron. And use it to defeat the Galra Empire. Now at the end of season 4. Pretty much. Lotor. Had. You know. Turned against the Galra. um, Turned against the Galra Empire. And. Made it appear like he wanted to work with. The uh, Paladins. And kind of where season five picks up. And this uh, this season it had six episodes. And I have to say, I liked some of what they did and I didn't like some of what they did.
0: Now, I'm curious what you didn't like, because if it's what I did like, that's going to make for an interesting conversation.
1: I didn't like the fact that Lotor flat out killed Zarkon in the second episode. Oh, um. Zarkon is Zarkon is dead.
0: It's not where I thought you were going, uh, but I did I did like that only because of what it led to.
1: I like what it leads to. I didn't like how quickly it happened.
0: Well, it I would argue felt
1: rushed.
0: I would argue that it didn't happen quickly, considering it's season five. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but at the end of season four, it's like, you know, it just, there seemed to be a time jump. um, And I, a time jump works for me in some aspects, but when you're telling a narrative like this, a continuous narrative, A significant time jump. Uh, It had apparently been several months. And Lotor has been a captive of the paladins in the castle. And he's feeding them information of targets to hit. To weaken the Galra. And you don't know what his intentions are. But I'm like, did we
0: see Lotor taken captive
1: at the end of season four? I don't recall that.
0: Yeah, I was very confused as to what was happening in the first episode, especially with the fact that there was no, um, uh, like, last time on because I, I. Yeah, there was no recap. Yeah. It just it just hopped right in. It was very I was because even though the show is is being made very quickly, um, it's only it's only like legitimately a film's worth of content. I mean, each episode is 20 minutes, and if you tie that together, like, I think the upcoming Infinity War is going to be longer than all six episodes of Season 5 of Ultron. Um
1: That's possibly.
0: Uh, well, they've clocked it at, like, two and a half hours, and I think that if you tied all this together, it would be about two hours. So... Yeah. Um, point I'm getting at is there needed to be something. Because it took me a while to remember that Lotar, like, he 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 flew right through or shot the cannon giant ship thing at the very end of season four. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was there was a lot of like just no information given at the very beginning. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: and to me that hurt the pacing a little bit. Um, you know, but at the same time, I did enjoy it. I just. Felt that the confrontation between Lotor and Zarkon happened way too fast. And the outcome uh, was a bit of a surprise for it to be decided that early on. Uh, but what stemmed from it was fascinating. Because we see how the Gora choose their next emperor who is going to lead the empire so now you have these various commanders and factions vying for control it's like oh well it should be me no it should be me and then there's this archivist who presides over this entire ceremony and it takes place on this little remote uh I, I wouldn't even call it a planet. It was more like an asteroid or something like that. Yeah. Um. And it, and it was just cool. You know, you see all these people they're gathering. It's like, well, you know, I'm the strongest here. Nobody's going to light this flame. I'm going to do it. So that was really cool because you see, you also see some, uh, a bit of splintering, so to speak in, uh, Paladins. Uh, Shiro, he's like, you know what? We do need to work with Lotor. The princess is very hesitant about it. And the rest of the team is just flat out against it. They don't want to work with him.
0: I thought, um, I thought, uh, I keep wanting to call him Keith, but his name isn't Keith. He's the the one that thinks he's a ladies' man, but... Lance. Lance, thank you. Yeah, Lance seemed before it. He seemed... uh, like there reluctantly lot, trust him.
1: There was a lot less focus on Lance and Hunk, and to an extent, Pidge in this uh, in this season arc. Uh, the focus seemed to be more on Shiro, Lotor, and Alura.
0: That's not and, to say that that Pidge did still have one of the more interesting storylines, because if I'm not mistaken, I think it's season four uh, when when Pidge finds her brother.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and that mean, was that was wonderfully done. That whole graveyard marker sequence still stands out as one of the, my favorite scenes. Absolutely. Didn't go and ruin it. Didn't <laughs> go and ruin it. Uh, but, I,
0: but I mean, I yeah, enjoyed... they do
1: recover. They the, speaking of Pidge, they do recover her and her brother's father.
0: Yeah, that's what I say. Uh, it's like it, uh, that whole that whole arc. I thought was very fun, even though it led to the scene that you didn't like. You know. Um Yeah. I uh Well, I
1: just think Zarkon still could have been used for a little bit longer. Um, you know, I just felt it was Lotor has achieved too much too soon, but he did it with the help of the Paladins.
0: I would I would argue I would honestly argue that uh um Zarkon was at one point already dead. And uh, I remember when I thought he was dead, I kind of moved on to this new badass character, Lotor. And actually, mm-hmm. I did not like the fact that Lotor was, like, kicked out and it was now his dad again. Like, I, I, I actually really disliked that. Uh, mainly because, for me, I I'm not a big fan of how comic books will kill off a character and then bring them back. I kind of hate that. Um, to me, to me, when when a story, when a story is going on and on and on and on, and it gets to a point where a character, a big character dies, um, I think that their death should have resonance. Uh, it should have a ripple effect. And Mm -hmm. by bringing that character back, you null and void that entire impact. And it felt like that's what this show did by bringing him back. So, well,
1: he wasn't dead though. He was near death. And once that happened, you never see his face again uh, because he's like fully in a containment suit. So I'm assuming that it was power. It was basically quintessence and that suit keeping him alive.
0: Um, I regardless, regardless of whatever it was, regardless that it's, you know, like, oh, he was actually trapped through time and he comes back. uh, Captain America or, um, oh, it's actually his Kryptonian blood bringing him back. Superman. Um, it all seemed kind of ham-fisted and thrown in for later plot points that didn't, that didn't really matter. Um, I still feel like you could have gotten to a, uh, a civil war of sorts in season five had you not brought back, um, now I'm drawing a blank on his name. We just said his name two seconds ago. Uh, Zarkon. Zarkon. Uh, I kept wanting to say Lotor, but I'm like, Lotor's the badass one. The Lotor's the one I like. Uh, yeah. Um, like, you could have done a plot point where uh, you know, like, Lotor's challenged for the throne. That just because he's the son doesn't make, like, that's not how that works, you know? He has to get the flame, like they showed in this season, and he mm-hmm. loses, which causes him to then join forces, in a sense, with voltron or the paladins in general and you could have gotten to the point in this show but instead they were like oh well he died but he's not actually dead so that that was something i didn't really like um i actually thoroughly enjoy josh like the idea of taking a main character and killing him off early i love that idea
1: i'm not opposed to it i just felt that it was a little anticlimactic because of the way the first four seasons have progressed this just felt a little bit rushed at the end of season 4 coming into this you know zarkon's like hey you've got my son i've got somebody who you value let's trade i only feel then, like
0: i only feel like it felt rushed to you because there was this big time jump between seasons yeah one.
1: that's that's a possibility. I'm. I, I mean, another episode would have probably helped. That's the. Only, that's one of the things that I'm not enjoying about this shorter season. I do like the fact that they're giving us content quicker, but in smaller doses. But I think that the storytelling is suffering from the lack of an extra episode. Like I, I know the new episode, the new season's supposed to launch in June. It'll be seven episodes. Hopefully, it'll be tied together a little bit better. But well, that's just a personal yeah. that's just a personal nitpick of mine.
0: I think I I think uh a yearly 13 would actually probably benefit this show a lot more than the uh, uh bi-annually six seven episodes. Um
1: Yeah, I think I think it would. I think cuz I think the first two seasons were stronger uh because of that. They were able to spend a little bit more time and not rush as much. So Maybe they'll go back to that. I don't know. But yeah, we'll regardless, I I'm not. I don't disenjoy the show. Like I said, I'm really oh, for sure. enjoying some things like the fallout from Lotor taking out Zarkon. He's like, all right, now I'm going to take my rightful place. And it's like, hmm, Hagar shows up. No, you can't rule because you are not of 100%. Uh, Galra Blood, you're half Altayan, boy. <laughs> and he was like, so what? You know, some traditions don't need to be followed strictly. You know, he's wanting to break this ancient paradigm that they've always had. Yeah. He was like, I want to show my worth. And, you know, he ascends. He lights the flame after a big battle. You know, he shows that- up with Shiro. Shiro takes him you know, they're in the black line and everybody's like, what? And he's like, I've returned the black line to the Galra. And
0: Um, speaking of that, by the way, before you continue your thought uh, the, um, there are very interesting. uh, I want to say racist undertones for the way that the Galra, uh, treat the Alteans or look at the Alteans. Um, Uh I thought, I personally enjoy that, just to the aspect that I I feel like it makes sense in my head. Uh that's logically speaking how the Golra would react. Plus it kinda makes them more villainous. <laughs> well but, yeah. Yeah, so that when when yeah, when he when he calls uh Lotor boy, I was like, Mmm mm, this guy needs to get his ass beat and I know that's the exact feeling they wanted me to get, so kudos.
1: Yeah, yeah. And now, you know, I really enjoy the things that follow after that. I just... My point was, you know, it just felt too rushed. But I love the whole, look at me. Look at what I've done. This is why nobody should dare challenge me ascending these steps and lighting this flame. And Hagar showing up and saying, no, it can't be you. You don't deserve this because you're not pure. And... Later on, you know, uh, Lotor, you know, he, he takes command. And he invites the Paladins to the heart of the Galra Empire. He's like, look, I rule. You guys have free reign. Let me show you the facilities. Let's work together. Let's, you know, bring peace to the galaxy. And he seems to really want this. Um, And he and Allura are in Hagar's old chambers, you know, because she's now she's gone off on her own because Zarkon's dead. Uh she doesn't she doesn't seem to realize I don't think she remembers who she truly was. I think her mind is fragmented and she's getting glimpses oh, of
0: it. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I, I felt like that was um that was especially uh a big uh character arc for her after we saw the flashback. Mm-hmm. the the big the big episode uh, was that a two episode thing that big flashback?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. Or was it just I'd one. Episode? It doesn't matter. I think it was just the one. Um, yeah, it was it I was, knew
0: But it gave it gave insight to who she is. It gave insight to who uh Zarkon is and and you know who the original Paladins were and like there was so much information mm-hmm. given to us in that in that flashback that shortly after that flashback when we saw her, like I think they immediately went with this whole like what her entire purpose is, and and why she's you know attached to Lotor the way she is, and why she doesn't want him to die, and and I just thought that was so I I loved that, and so the fact that they keep kind of essentially going with that and pushing that forward, I think is a very very fun, uh, neat thing to watch. Uh, I want to what I want to see with her is in a sense like you said like getting flashes of who she was. Um I want her to regain her entire memory and then have mm-hmm. this moment of I can't believe what I've done. I can't believe where I've gone and total remorse. I think that would be the ending to an excellent arc for her.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm I'm interested I'm interested to see where they go with her from here because she's clearly you know, only getting glimpses and just shoving that aside. I mean she and I think Allura has definitely keyed on the actual relationship between Lotor and Hagar and who Hagar was. And Lotor is flat out in denial, but I think he has to realize that, oh my God, this is the truth. Um but
0: how do you feel about the uh the whole uh, ending bit of the final episode where um Lotar and uh, Alora are in the I don't even know what to call it really but basically oh, where the, the
1: fabled land where they learned the Altaians learned alchemy and they have discovered this through a having to pass through a white hole. Yeah. I thought that was cool as hell. Yeah, I really, I really did. That. But I also dug the fact that you know, only people deemed worthy by this white lion guardian could enter. And when they got to this one puzzle that they each had to solve individually, he failed and it put him outside. And she passed, and she was able to proceed.
0: Not that I'm, I, think, not that I'm criticizing it, but that that puzzle, uh, uh-huh. I thought was super predictable. Like oh, absolutely,
1: speaker. absolutely a bit on the nose, but at the same time, you know, it helps Lotor see. Okay. There are things that I need to work on in my character. Obviously, you know, uh, and I think he realizes that was a bit of the Galra side coming out
0: of him. Absolutely. If but, not, if not that, just the 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 growing up in the Galra Empire in general.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I really enjoyed uh, where they went with a lot of things. Um, I like the fact that, you know, they're kind of playing into Shiro. Something's off with Shiro. He, uh, like the one, the early on in se- in episode one, maybe, was it? Uh, when they had to, I don't remember what episode it was. It was in the first half of the season when they had to get out of uh, one situation, and they came together in some type of weird void to communicate with each other, and Shiro was trying to tell Lance something, and Shiro had no recollection of it whatsoever. Lance is realizing something's up, not quite well, right with Shiro. Well, I mean,
0: we technically don't... We still don't know where, Lee, where Shiro was prior exactly. to the events of the show in general, so...
1: That and, you know, his disappearance at the end of season two uh, and yeah. coming back later in season three. Uh,
0: there's some, there's something about him that's very important getting there.
1: Yeah, I think it is paving the way for that because we don't know the events of what happened to him when he was captured. Uh, we know part of the, you know, we do know he was forced into gladiatorial combat. And he lost part of his arm, and it was replaced. But we don't know what else was done to him. Right. And it's interesting because I think we're finally going to get those answers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I read still that, think I read there's only like four more seasons of the show.
1: Well, they are committed for seventy seven episodes. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So I think someone did the math on that. And...
1: There are forty five episodes now, uh, in the first five seasons.
0: Okay, so. More than so more they
1: still time. have another thirty two episodes to go. Uh they could get roughly if they went seven episodes per season, that's another four seasons and change.
0: Yeah. All right, well so um all right, we're gonna wrap it up there. Uh we're gonna give our grades real quick. Um I'm gonna One go from- one
1: thing I did wanna mention too, I think uh, you know, Keith found his mother. The spy he was sent in to help. Uh, exfiltrate uh, The gal- and he's found his the well she claims to be his mother she was able to use his Blade of Memora
0: oh yeah yeah it yeah was the, that was such a was, weird quick subplot
1: yeah and it was really the only episode that Keith was really in at all right yeah uh, it's like hey we gotta give Keith something to do oh yeah remember he's half Galrin mm. and of course that also plays into the whole uh, when they found out that Keith was Paul Gauran and how everybody was treating him and yeah. how he was upset at that. But yet you also see Allura, as soon as she learns that Lotor is half Altaian, look at how quickly she warmed up to him, but how cold she was toward Keith. That's that's an interesting thing, too, that I think is going to come into play. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to touch on that, Bruce
0: um uh so i'll give my grade real quick i'm i'm gonna give it uh this season specifically i'm gonna give it a b plus um it's uh it's it's a very very good season very fun very action-packed lots of action and action i think about it but um yeah what i really enjoyed was the the character development in, in in every single character i mean even like there are small character developments like you like you just heard with keith or with with lance and dealing with like Looking at Shiro like a father figure, but not knowing what the fuck his father's doing, like that's an important aspect to, to Lance's character arc. Um, uh, I I thought that uh, there was there was a piece of information given in this episode that I thought was important, and that's they know exactly where Earth is. Um, uh, I, I if they said that in a previous season, I missed it, but in this season, when they when when Pidge gets her dad and he's like, "I'm heading back to Earth," but I understand mm-hmm. you guys have to still help. Like, they know where Earth is, straight up. And, um, I think that that's, that's gonna be, that's a fun aspect. I hope that they eventually do go back to Earth and we get to see them come back as heroes, essentially. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I wished that, uh, they took a little bit more time with certain things uh, I, I agree I didn't mm-hmm. like the time jump. I thought that was very confusing and where like exactly where we were um, and uh, there seemed to be a couple plot points that were just there specifically to uh, to push the plot forward instead of advance the plot naturally so um, but they weren't so off-putting that it made the show unwatchable by any measure because uh, it's still fun, very well acted, very well animated. Um, and and I look forward to season six and further. So, uh, yeah, B plus.
1: I hear you, right on. Uh, you know, I'm also going to give it a B plus. Uh, I wish I could give it a higher grade than that because I absolutely adore this series and this franchise as a whole. And I have ever since I was a little boy. Um, I've always been a fan of Voltron, and uh. hopefully always will be. And so far they've not done anything to deter me from that. Uh, But yeah, I really do enjoy it. The animation is fun. The voice acting is great. I really like a lot of the plot elements where they're going with this show. It leaves me curious as to what's going on. They did set up some good things to come, like the potential Gawran invasion of earth, you know, the pigeons and uh her brother uh their matt their 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 father going back to earth. he's like, I have to alert galaxy garrison as to what's coming. great, I would love to see you know the war expanded uh but who's going to be the ones you know is it going to be Hagar or other factions? Those things are curious that I'm curious about, you know the whole. Is this really Keith's mother and, you know, what's going to happen with him and the Blades of Memoria? Is he ever going to return to the team full time? Because, you know, who the fuck knows what's going on with Shiro? Is he going to be around long term? Those are the answers that I want. And those are the things I'm looking for. And is Lotor really trustworthy? Uh, I love his character, but you still have doubt. And that is cool. So, I really like where they're going with the show and what they've done. It's a strong show overall, and you know I couldn't rec- i can, you know I, I couldn't be happier i just I could be happier come on, you know pacing issues. Let's slow it down just a little bit and just you know get another episode in there to bridge that gap and I think it would have been a better season. I think it would have been an A had they been seven episodes and not did that time jump
0: right <clears throat> right um. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, guys, um, definitely check out the show. Uh, and when you do go to our Facebook discussion page, um, there we will have two different sections. One will be dedicated to Voltron. Um, and, uh, yeah, just let us know what your thoughts are. Let us know what your grade is. Uh, we would love to hear how, uh, exactly, um, maybe our opinion differed from yours Uh, so go, please, please go check that out. Uh, but we're going to move on. What's up, Josh? Yeah,
1: that's, that's what I was going to say. You know, we love getting feedback and we were given some really cool feedback today. And I just wanted to, uh, mention that, uh, you know, as you, as some of you may know, Greg and I, we occasionally stream on Twitch and one of my Twitch viewers, you know, uh, guy I've known for a while, he sent me a message wondering how things were, and wanted to let us know that he's been checking out the show, and he really enjoyed, he's like, you seem to focus more on the story and the storytelling aspect, as opposed to cinematography and the technical parts of movies and shows, unlike what I'm used to hearing, so that was refreshing. And you were also being really professional about the podcast, whereas I'm used to people who get way more passionate or jokey not a critique, just my observations and the biases. And this is why I'd really want to hear something more. Uh, And I like it when you guys' personality shines through. So, kudos. And I just wanted to thank him for that feedback. That was a really cool thing to see today.
0: Yeah. uh, Big thanks, Alan.
1: (laughs) Yeah, big thanks, Alan. We appreciate that.
0: But, Um, yeah. all right. so on to our second discussion uh Jessica, Jessica Jones,
1: Jones season 2
0: so if um if you are unsure who Jessica Jones is uh uh basically the show is about a superpowered woman who has a mysterious past um and her entire family's dead uh because this happened when she was young uh but it, when we meet up with her in season 1 she is a private private investigator and uh throughout season 1 she is dealing with the fact that a uh, a haunting visage has come back to, uh, to, to terrorize her, essentially. Uh, his name is Kilgrave. Um, he's known as the Purple Man in the comic books. His superpower is that he has the superpower of persuasion. Basically, forcing you in a hypnotic sense to do whatever his bidding is. So, she was abused and raped and forced to do things she wouldn't have normally done because of this monster, literal monster. Um, And uh, by the end of season one, she kills him. She's able to overcome his ability and snaps his neck. Um, So we meet up in season two almost right where it left off. Um, I'd say maybe a few months tops. Um, Yeah,
1: she is definitely uh, struggling. But it takes place after Defenders.
0: It takes place after which, Defenders.
1: Which, honestly, haven't seen yet. But, doesn't seem like anything from the Defenders was necessary for watching Season 2 of Jessica Jones.
0: The only thing I would say is necessary is that the because of the events of, of Defenders, she's more mm-hmm. outed as a super person than before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, you could watch Season 1. And people know that she was the one that stopped Kilgrave. Right. So Yeah, it's
0: not yeah, it's not like the, the leap isn't that isn't that high.
1: Um, exactly.
0: It's maybe like the step up on a curb. Um But uh other than that, like there's nothing really you need from defenders. She was just kind of a part of the team. Uh that being said, um season two is basically about uh Jessica discovering her past and overcoming that. Um, a lot of her character arc throughout the entire season is about um, her overcoming these insurmountable things to deal with that uh, would just break other people. Um, but something that's very important about this show, and not just with Jessica Jones herself, but like the entire show's like main cast of characters are strong women dealing with mm-hmm. shit that would break other people. And, yeah. um, uh, I personally th- think that shit's refreshing, uh, just because usually when there's a strong female character, there's like eight f- strong male characters. But uh-huh. for this show, this show, like all the male characters are, uh, like not, not want to say underlings, but they're definitely not in positions of power, you know? Um, yeah. or if they are in positions of power, it's not like. Major power, like one guy is a super, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh uh and when I say super, I'm not the like, superintendent of a building, um yeah and uh but later that becomes Jessica Jones's love interest, so whatever um, that was
1: pretty predictable too
0: oh, there was yeah, that was super predictable
1: that the writing was all over the wall on that, I was like, oh well, um, she's gonna be I was like she's gonna be fucking him by episode four, and I think what was it episode five? <laughs>
0: Because I think in episode four, I think in episode four when she invited him in for a drink, I was like, "Oh, they're gonna fuck." Because like that's just the way the show goes. And then it cut to a scene of two people fucking, and I was like, "I called it." And the camera pans up, and it's Trish and her boyfriend. I was like, "Son of a bitch!" Uh, yeah. <laughs> but then next episode they fuck.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, now I,
1: an interesting thing too. Before we go any further about this season, every episode was directed by a female director. Yes. Um, yes.
0: Now, so they really wanted
1: to. They really wanted to go with this whole women are equal and
0: I absolutely. There are some lines though that I thought were like. It almost seemed like somebody like Anita Sarkeesian came in and wrote the line. Ah,
1: um, uh, yeah.
0: Like, like one that I thought was way like it was like that seems unnecessary to say, uh, was. Uh, when Chang is, uh, he's he's trying to get Jessica Jones to join his firm. And he says, I don't take no for an answer. And her response is, that seems very rapey of you. I was like,
1: "Oh, uh, I don't, yeah. I think
0: that line's a bit too much. <laughs> that, that
1: that line was a little bit much, you know, because, let's see, that actor was Terry Chen. And I'm trying to think, what in the world have I seen him in? And I, I yeah. I put a life yeah. of it. And I realized where it was. Almost Famous. He played the guy, Rolling Stone magazine. Ben Tor, uh, Ben Torres, whatever his name was.
0: Uh, ben Fong uh, I, 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 I'm just gonna go with your word on that because I haven't seen Almost Famous.
1: So. I oh, you've never seen Almost Famous? I have not. That's it. The show's over. Fuck it.
0: I <laughs> love <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that movie to to anyway, further to further that like there there are just there're just a few lines and it was very early on in the show like the first few yeah. episodes it stopped yeah, it stopped first later. Um,
1: about the first two episodes it felt a little heavy-handed with that kind of thing
0: well i uh, personally feel i personally feel like when you make a when you make a show that is designed to put women in the forefront powerful women strong women in the forefront and you really want to showcase that showcase that you don't have to uh, constantly make lines that, in a sense, Tumblrites would say, um, I don't need, like, I was almost, I was almost like, after that line of like, oh, it's very rapey of you, I almost thought that maybe I would later hear Trish be like, well, now I'm triggered, which I was gonna be like, hmm, it seems off, uh, because I personally feel like something that, like, like, let's take the movie Wonder Woman, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, talking to my sister and my mom who are feminists, who made, you know, who essentially raised me to be a feminist, you know, I, we watched those movies and they're like, yeah, I felt like it was just, it was just, I, you know, it was awesome. I felt empowered. And you, you know, talk to somebody who's just saw the recent black Panther and how all like all the major, uh, major characters that are women in that movie are badasses. Like, mhm not once were they badasses because they stood up to a man. They were just badasses because they were equal to the men. They were just, exactly. they were just like, the men and women in those movies are equals. And um, when it came to dealing with, you know what, I can never remember his name. But it was the guy that worked for Jessica Jones. Malcolm. Malcolm. Jesus. I constantly forgot his name. Love um, his character. Absolutely. Adore that character. As a matter of fact, he, at the end, end of the season, when he puts on that suit, I was like, damn, Malcolm, you clean the fuck up. <laughs>
1: yeah. I Honestly, I really, really enjoyed what they did with Malcolm in this season. I'm very happy that you know he has progressed in the show as he has.
0: Absolutely. Um, he had a very interesting character arc, too, because and i think to an extent his was arguably the most connected to season 1 yeah, uh just absolutely because, yeah just cuz he was a junkie in season 1 got mm-hmm. clean thanks to Jessica's help mm-hmm. and uh then was working for for Jessica but like constantly abu- like verbally abused by her
1: oh yeah berated left and right
0: which made me disconnect from Jessica a little bit, but I also completely understood where she was coming from. Like, you disconnect yourself from people, and you're not going to get hurt when they do something. And, and, you know, I was talking to my mom about this, and she was like, I just couldn't, I couldn't understand why Jessica just went off on him. Like, I just I couldn't relate to that. And I was like, you have, to put her, you have to put yourself in her shoes. She put her trust in Malcolm. She put her faith in Malcolm, and it was broken. By somebody again. And that was too much for her to bear. And so her uh, knee-jerk reaction was anger. And uh, to me... Well, that's
1: another thing about her, too, is she's not meant to be a likable character, I don't feel.
0: She Um, is definitely the... um, If if Punisher is an anti-hero, she's the same, but in terms of personality. Yeah, yeah you like her because she's doing good stuff. She's a good, she's a good, the good guy, but you're just kind of like, mm, your attitude sucks sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. But it's, it's also understandable. Like you understand why she acts out the way that she does.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. So let's, Yeah, I'm not saying it's bad.
0: Right. Right. Well, I'm talking about other people. Uh, um, yeah. Cause I do, I do pick up, uh, like Twitter conversations and stuff sometimes, but, uh, Um, I want to talk about, uh, the, the, the major, not necessarily antagonist because there was no direct antagonist. There was more of like a plot that was antagonizing to Jessica Mm -hmm. because I, I wouldn't call the doctor an antagonist. I wouldn't call her mom an antagonist. Um, I would call, I would call that whole plot point an antagonist to Jessica exclusively. She yep. there is no there is no Killgrave for season one. Uh for for season two. But that's I, I think that, that's where the show loses me a little bit. Yes. Okay, I wasn't this sure if we were gonna the, see eye to eye on that. <laughs> this
1: this show I loved season one. Killgrave was just deplorable season 8 was the best episode of the (laughs) season to see David Tennant just be this fucking scumbag who I adore David Tennant my favorite doctor from Doctor Who I love David Tennant, I love anything he does and to see him play Kilgrave to the level that he did it was wonderful it was delightful, and in season two, there's no, there's no, big bad, right? It's like there's no Kilgrave. That was a very high bar that was set that I felt that season two did not live up to. As well as season two was done, it suffered from pacing issues. Bad. I
0: think that was an a an attempt on their part intentionally, just because. You can't top Kilgrave. You can't top David, David Tennant's performance. Especially in, an, in a big bad sort of way. You have to just bring in a storyline that causes Jessica turmoil in a similar way and hope that, mm-hmm. it, that, it, that it works. Uh, I personally just, this is my own personal thing. I don't expect everybody to follow it. I kind of hate origin stories. Um, yeah.
1: Well, uh, I don't hate them, but I'm tired of them.
0: I, maybe, maybe you're right on that. I just I feel like
1: Every I feel like when you tell when you single yeah. hero, you know, there's an origin story. There's an origin story. There's
0: I think that's why I like Luke Cage. I think that's why I like Luke Cage because like his quote unquote origin was like in brief flashbacks. Like you weren't given yeah. a whole like season based on it, and that's what kind of this was, and I was like, I don't like. All right, we can we move on from IGH? Can we please move on from IGH? Like I'm I'm kind of tired of this whole plot point. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. I, well, you know, look. Every time there's a Spider-Man movie, you you get the origin told in some form or fashion. We got it with the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. We got it with the uh, Mark Webb Spider-Man. Haven't seen Homecoming yet, but I'm going to assume there's a little bit of origin thrown in there somewhere, maybe. I don't know.
0: No, actually. Oh,
1: okay. Good. Good. That is refreshing to know, then. Uh, But, you know, Batman movies. Look at the four from late 80s and through the 90s. His origin story is hammered home in every one of those movies. Uh, Look at the Nolan trilogy, which is wonderful, at least the first two, anyway. Um. You know, I felt the third one was kind of weak. But. Well, I mean, if you ask me, I
0: think the third one is complete garbage.
1: Well, I wouldn't say it's complete garbage, but it is uh, weaker than the other two. Narratively? Phenomenal.
0: Narratively, it's complete garbage.
1: Yeah. Visually, it's stunning,
0: but that's also because Nolan doesn't make a not stunning film.
1: Well, exactly. Exactly. Um, We could have a second. I know it's kind of. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't mean to sidetrack or derail it, but my point is, what you're saying is, this turned into not an origin episode, but an origin season. Yes. And I felt that this hurt the season. Absolutely. Season one, I would give an A+.
0: Absolutely. Like, there isn't... I think the only thing wrong with season one, and even though I love Luke Cage, the whole interaction, like him him being thrown in just for the sake of like, hey guys, we're going to make four of these and then we're going to do a big show called The Defenders, was too much. Like, he didn't need to be a part of season one. Uh, but other than that, season one is phenomenal. Um, well,
1: I think he needed to be a part of season one, though. Uh, you know, in the comics... Um they have a child together. They were married. Um, you know that's why she was.
0: But I, it, for the sake of like, the fact that she's dealing with Kilgrave and other things, it just seemed unnecessary. And by the time he was gone out of the show, it didn't seem like anything changed. It yeah. was it. It literally felt like the like. It, he was only thrown in because. Of Netflix's and Marvel's plans for this Defenders franchise. Um, Possibly. I didn't also, hate you know, Cage's integration. I was just pointing out that, like, that was the only thing that I kind of felt was out of place. Yeah, um, yeah I
1: see what you're saying there. Uh,
0: I mean, and that's from maybe my perspective, because, like, you talk to somebody like my mom, who doesn't pay attention to that kind of stuff like I do. She thought it was really cool because it exemplified the whole superhuman sort of thing.
1: Well, I was gonna say, you know, it also from that aspect gives her somebody on her level strength wise that she can she would have to throw down with. Because Or or have as,
0: extremely passionate sex with.
1: Yeah, break the bed and you know, everything else. But uh the um it gave her something physical, whereas Kilgrave provided the mental. But in this She got in this season, she got both. She got somebody that was mentally torturing her, uh, basically mainly her own psyche and the facts that she's learning. But at the same time, somebody who is more physically imposing than her and her own not dead anymore mother. Um, the last two episodes,
0: or sorry, last three episodes of the season were arguably the best.
1: I agree. Um, the, the first four or five episodes were really tough to get through.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the show progressively got better. But um,
1: episode seven, I'm not going to lie, made me cry my ass out. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, that, that one hit emotionally.
0: Oh, the last two episodes. Hit me the, very, the last, very hard. Yeah, the last two episodes are really, really powerful. And. In their own right, if you were to just watch those as, like, let's say a film, rock-solid stuff. Um yeah. And the episode before that, where she accidentally murders a guy in self-defense, like, her psyche starts manifesting Kilgrave, And so you get a whole episode. Which was
1: wonderful. Like, I was like, oh,
0: I... God, <laughs> that was such good storytelling. Like, did you ever play, um, to bring up something else here, did you ever uh, play the the Arkham series or watch the Arkham series being played?
1: I actually have the first two Arkham games, so I played through those in their entirety.
0: Okay. In Arkham Night, which is the third game in the franchise, Joker's mm-hmm. dead. But because of Batman and Joker's relationship, throughout the entire game, Joker keeps haunted. manif Yeah. Ah. It's almost it's almost the exact same way that Kilgrave keeps showing up visually to Jessica. Like, he just kind of mm. poofs in and out of existence and wherever he wants. Same with, same how the Joker works in Dark Knight. I'm sorry, in uh, Arkham Knight. So, personally, love that. I was like, I was, mom, 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 mom. I was like eating yeah. a delicious cake. I was so happy with that. Um,
1: I loved that. And then, of course, uh, at the end, he's like, well, all right. You know where I am if you never need me. <laughs> so, that was just Oddly enough, so,
0: so, we only have a few more minutes before we're going to give our uh, grade. Um, Trisha's storyline was good. Uh, it I, was, I enjoyed where she went and I could give absolutely no shits about Hogarth's. No shits.
1: Yeah. I don't could care, care less. about Hogarth at all. I think, Hogarth sorry, Hogarth couldn't is, care less. I think Hogarth is, you know,
0: she's such she, an unlikable character. And then on top of a that, a they,
1: detestable person.
0: It was like, it was like, to me, it was like giving, Lex Luthor, a, a um, an incurable disease, and then watching him be human for you know an hour or something. It's like I don't care, I don't mm-hmm. care, and like I wouldn't wish ALS on anybody, on anybody. God, that's a horrible disease. Yeah, but but yeah, watching her and go through Stephen Hawking. Yeah, no joking. Um, uh, sad about that, but. Mm-hmm. Not upset, because he survived way longer than they said he was going to.
1: Yeah, 50-some years, so... Yeah,
0: um... Anyway, uh, yeah, so I wouldn't wish ALS on my worst enemy, but when it came to Hogarth's storyline, it was so boring, It's kind of like, oh, she's
1: got that? Well, you know, I would feel bad for her if she wasn't such a piece of shit.
0: Yeah, and then she gets... Kind of what she deserves, in a sense, with her, with mm-hmm. getting robbed. And then her revenge is so ham-fisted. It's so yeah. like, oh, we got to finish up this storyline. What do we do? And I hated it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, I didn't like that. Um, I don't like her character. And I really don't care for her actress either. Carrie Ann Moss, I've just never been a really? fan of. Really? No. No. Mm-hmm. Never been a fan I, of her.
0: Maybe because I have such strong attachments towards Trinity that... I like her
1: a lot. <laughs> I hated that character. I hated Dragon. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, honestly, I loved the first Matrix movie. I think it was perfect as a standalone movie, and the sequels that followed were unnecessary, and I don't regard them.
0: Fascinating. <laughs> that is a conversation you and I are going to have to have at a different time, because I <laughs> totally disagree with you. Oh, um, good. Good. Uh... Uh, but anyway, uh, so we got we to gotta wrap this up, guys, and, and get uh, our uh, grades. Josh, why don't you go first, since I went first with uh, Voltron.
1: I'm going to give this season a B. Straight up B. Uh, it wasn't, for me, as strong storyline-wise as season one. I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm just saying, for me, it wasn't as pleasing. There were some wonderful storytelling elements done in this show. But, as we mentioned, I'm tired of origin stories. I don't need an entire season of an origin. Where did I come from? I thought this was because of an accident. Not the result of some experiment that, you know, some gene uh, therapy rewrote and saved my life, you know. And now I've got powers as a result. And oh, by the way, my mother, who I've thought dead for 17 years, she's alive and she has these powers too and is a badass, even more of a badass than me. And it's just, I didn't need all that. It it hurt the storytelling to me. I liked, you know, Trish's progression into batshit fucking nuts and obsessed to the point where now, You know, she's ostracized herself. Uh, And in the end, I felt that even though Jessica has character growth and development, she is still basically essentially in the same place she was at the start of season one, at the end of season two. Just, you know, now she's got this guy and a kid in the beginnings of a relationship and she's, you know, trusting of them and they're trusting of her. But other than that, she's got no other friends anymore. It's kind of like, you know, trading one friend for another. And, you know, now her and Malcolm are on this, uh, you know, we just nod at each other in the hallway. We don't know each other anymore. I just, it felt like. A merry-go-round of a lot of good stuff happening, but the payoff and the end result wasn't as satisfying, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, to an extent. I think, uh, for me, this show gets a uh, B-. Uh, Oh, okay. I agree with most of your your parts, your points, but... Sorry, pardon me. The show had a um, very disjointed feel. Uh, Not everything seemed to want to work together. uh, There were moments where it felt like uh, there were too many cooks in the kitchen. Uh, Somebody was trying to make a puzzle piece or trying to put together a puzzle. And there were two pieces that seemed like they went together. And instead of like going, oh, that doesn't work quite right. Let me find the right one. They just started mashing it together on the table. Like, Uh you get in there. And, um, I, I didn't enjoy that very much. Uh, but what I did enjoy was, uh, a lot of where certain story elements went. I enjoyed how Jessica's, um, arc to an extent went like, yeah, I was tired of the, the, uh, the H, uh, the IGH stuff, but I, what I really enjoyed was how that brought in her mother. I thought the stuff with her mom was really, really solid work, um, and, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I liked Malcolm's entire story arc. I thought Trisha's was okay. Couldn't stand, um, Hogarth. Hogarth's at all. Um, and I thought that the stuff with the, 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 not the doctor, the, the, uh, I guess you call him doctor, scientist yeah. that was, yeah. that, that basically did the gene therapy on them. Uh, he was very boring. He was honestly very boring. I liked uh, him.
1: I didn't find him boring.
0: He needed to be more maniacal.
1: Uh, see, that may have, that may, that may have helped, but I didn't think he was boring at all, but okay.
0: I, I, I found him to be very, like, like a little too hippie-ish and they, they definitely drove, drove, drove home the hippie-ish thing with his t-shirts. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, uh did not enjoy this this season nearly as much as season 1. Um but it wasn't it's not bad. Uh, I think the acting is still really good. Most
1: Absolutely. of the writing
0: is really good. You have a bunch of uh, well not a bunch, but you have a few new characters to kind of you know, chomp on. So there's 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 some content there and I think it's definitely worth a watch but yeah, so B minus.
1: All right. All right.
0: All right guys. Um yeah, so uh again we will have a discussion thread on the Facebook discussion area thing um, for Jessica Jones Season 2. Let us know what you think. Let us know what your grade is if you happen to watch the whole show. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have a discussion in there, talk about our differences of the show. If, if you think we're wrong about the whole Hogarth subplot and if it was good to you or not, uh, please let us know. Guys, next episode, we are going to be watching... A new anime that's on Netflix right now called AICO Incarnation. Neither of us have really any idea what it's about, but I want to watch an anime, so here we go. Uh, The other show is uh, Santa Clarita Diet Season 2. The first season is still on Netflix, obviously, because they're doing a Season 2, but uh, if you haven't heard of that show, it's basically a a sitcom, but like, um, what's her name? Oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank on the actress's name. Uh, Drew Barrymore.
1: Oh, yeah. She's
0: a, she's a mother of a family, starts this diet, but it had, like, a virus, a, a zombie virus in it. But it didn't change her into a mindless zombie. It just changed her into a, like... Cannibal. And she's still a zombie. She's still undead. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I've not
1: seen it, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I have no uh, idea. So I'm going to be watching both seasons.
0: Um. Well, basically, after she becomes the zombie, her whole family's, like, job now is to keep her... Zombiness a secret so Uh, it's it's very funny so yeah josh will be watching season one i've already seen it and we're gonna review season two next week uh next episode i almost said next week again again
1: um guys well you know it happens (laughs) the next episode will publish on the 30th of of march yeah
0: yeah,
1: there you go um this
0: one will be on the 16th so guys we want to thank you for your continued support of the show uh, it, it, it is extremely exciting to see the growth the show has had, uh, having worked on so many podcasts, so many shows, streams, other, other entertainment ventures. And to see this one possibly be the most successful one that I've worked on. I love mission star podcast and I love Anthony, but this one's blowing up bigger. Um, and, and a lot of that has to do with Josh's like hard work effort on the website, all creating the Facebook page, um, all the friends and family that their family at this point in my mind, but they've come through and helped us build this to what it is. And I I could not be more thankful. So thank you guys for your continued support. Um, guys, we love hearing from you, whether it's in the discussion thing, or if you want to be a guest on the show, that is totally still an option still on the table. Um, if that is something that you want to try to do, uh, test your discussion chops, um, you, guys, you can contact our Twitter, our Discord, our email, allq.podcast at gmail.com, or um, message either Josh or I on our um, Twitter accounts, which is I'm at Chub Rock Geek. Uh, Josh, what is your Twitter account?
1: uh and sub one nine seven six
0: there you go um,
1: and you can see how that is spelled on our website and a cool thing about our website all dot com is when you go there is uh we have a blog every Tuesday I'm putting up uh a write up about something that I've watched that we didn't put on the show. Uh, or something that may have been out for a while that may have flown under your radar. I know this Tuesday I'm going to cover the Netflix original movie, Blame. Uh, it's an anime, and I'm only going to be covering that because, uh, you know, my pal Bobby Skullface reviewed the action figures for a couple of the figures on his YouTube channel, and I was like, man, I want to watch whatever show those are from because it just looks cool, so I'm going to review that, (laughs) But yeah, the website, we've got a little sidebar on the left. Everything is color-coded. It'll take you to the links to our Facebook discussion group. It'll take you to our Twitter page where you can tweet the show. uh, Our YouTube channel where we also publish video versions of this show uh, each week in its entirety uh, or each episode in its entirety when it publishes to the audio versions such as Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, And as of today, we're on Spotify as well. So there's another option for your listening choices. Uh, We do have a a Tumblr blog and an Instagram account. So follow us on all those platforms. Leave us some reviews. Uh, You know, we love hearing feedback, but you know what? Leaving reviews helps on these platforms because it helps other eyes see us. It helps our rotation. So yeah, we would appreciate all of those things, but we just entirely super grateful uh for the help uh, that we have received from our friends uh and I I couldn't be more grateful. So I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I yeah, same here. Um uh let's see real quick. Josh, uh where else can they find you online?
1: Uh well, the, like I said, my my Twitter handle is at one one nine seven six e n s a b a h and u r.
0: If you said that prior to anything else, I apologize. Uh,
1: I, I, I did. <laughs> uh, you know, it was. It's okay. It's okay. I was. See, guys, he he doesn't pay attention. Well, because I was looking, I was looking like,
0: at something on my phone that caught my <laughs> attention for like a second.
1: Um. Oh, you're one of those people that have the phones in the hand i see look
0: look okay it was something that had to do with the show netflix tweeted something on i thought it was important it wasn't
1: um oh but uh don't tell them that (laughs) guys you might listen one day
0: guys you can follow me again on twitter at chubb rock geek that's uh chubb rock geek all one word um not that twitter does spaces uh uh, also, you can find me on uh, Mission Star Podcast's uh, Twitter handle. That's twitch.tv slash missionstarp, uh, where every Sunday I do a news uh, video game news podcast where Anthony and I basically just take the top stories of the week and discuss them. Um, the other thing that we do is that hopefully it'll come back soon, as soon as Anthony gets his new PC, is a show called What's on Tap? where Anthony plays a game poorly and I make fun of him for it. It's basically what the show is. Um, Josh is there in the chat. He's seen it. He knows that's the case.
1: I make fun of him, too, because let's be fair, it's Anthony.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we
1: love the little guy, but, man, it's so easy to make fun of him. He's uh, just so bad uh, but he's at He's good sport. Yeah, he is. He really is, but he's a good sport about it, and that's what makes it.
0: Fun. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be There's doing no that malice involved. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're just it's just gentle ribbing. Eh, maybe not so gentle, but regardless. Well, no,
1: it, it's not gentle at all. We give him literal <laughs> buckets of shit.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um and Valer helps too. <laughs>
0: uh. But guys, that's going to do it for us here uh, at, at all queued up. Uh, again, thank you guys for joining us. It means the world to us that you enjoy this show, and we want to make this grow into something big for both of us. Uh, but again, that's all for us today. Thank you guys for being here. And uh, how do I usually sign out? Oh, that's right, Josh. You, you, you
1: usually say, we'll see you next time, and I'll just go with, take care, everybody.